Welcome to Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God, a production of Lionshare, a ministry that aims to co-mission with Jesus in making disciples of all nations. We ignite and provide resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. In our world today, there is more information available than at any time in history, but wisdom is in short supply. In this podcast, you'll hear how learning about the character and ways of God is a guide to wisdom. Welcome to the very first edition of LineShare's podcast, Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God. I am sitting here with Dave Beering, founder and president of LionShare. By the way, my name is Sonia Beerson. I guess I should have introduced myself. And today we're going to talk about the ways of God. And that is the title of our podcast, or at least the, the second line of our podcast. And I thought we'd start there because people often talk about God's will, but not necessarily God's ways. Uh, so, Dave, why don't we start with a definition of what you mean uh, and what Lionshare means when we say the ways of God? That's a great place to start. I I find that oftentimes um, people will focus on, as you said, God's will or God's tasks. And I think he really wants us to know his ways. I like this portion in Psalm 103 where it says, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. So I like to define the ways of God in a couple ways. One is it's God's path on a matter. So whatever that matter is, being a husband, being a wife, uh, being a godly leader, uh, serving somebody, whatever the topic is, it's God's path on that. What does that look like? And I also like to simplify it by saying it's how God does stuff. So it's the how of God, where if the character of God is the who, the ways of God express how God does something. The first time I remember learning this concept, it was when we started studying the life of Moses, because he's the first one we heard about it. And you, the verse you just cited in Psalms mm. talks about Moses. And the verse was from Exodus, in which he says, don't just show me your deeds, show me your ways. That's mm. how intimate I want to get with you. Uh, do you want to talk about that verse and and why you think it was Moses? Sure. Yeah. Exodus 34, we have this scene where um, Moses and God are interacting with one another, and Moses says, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And then the Lord replies, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And I remember one time just reflecting on that, trying to dig this out a little bit more of what are the ways of God. And, and Sonia, I found four things. One is when he says, teach me your ways so I may know you, I realize the pleasure or the joy of walking in God's ways is so that we can know him. Um, you and I have known each other a long time, and there are certain ways about you that I know or ways about me that you know that actually contributes to our relationship. It contributes to friendship. It contributes to the intimate knowledge of each other. And the thing here that Moses is communicating is, as I know your ways, I get to know you. And the pleasure, the whole motivation of knowing the ways of God is so we can actually get to know God better. But then it goes on to this line where Moses says, and continue to find favor with you. And there's a bit of an affirmation of the ways of God that I can tell when I'm walking in God's ways, because even if it's really tough, I still 
am finding favor. I'm finding the affirmation of God, the hand on the shoulder, I am with you. And I, I find that when you walk in the ways of God, we know that sense of his with us. And that leads me to this next one, which is the promise, which he says, when the Lord replies to this, my presence will go with you, is the thing that we want to know is God's leading, his providing, his protecting, his sustaining, and the promise. And then the last one here that I really love is the gift of the ways of God, which is when God says, I will give you rest. And it literally means a peace or a rest of spirit. And I have found that when people are not walking in God's ways, there can be a lot of um, being fussed up on the inside and there's a lack of peace and a lack of rest. And of course, we all walk through difficult things. But I love how God says, when you walk in my ways, I will give you rest. So that's something I think his presence, his affirmation, the promise, and the gift that we all find packaged there in Exodus 34, 13 to 14. I think those are all things that we long for, but I think especially this day, in in these times, I think it it means even more uh, wanting to rest on his promises and then getting that gift of rest. Um, Where else do we see in the Bible where it talks about the ways of God? There are multiple verses. Um, I have them all listed in things that I've studied and found, but but there's a couple that I think really stand out. One is Isaiah 55, 8, and 9, which again, if we listen to this, it's God again egging us on to know his ways. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So again, I think it's recognizing that God's ways are higher than ours. And if you if you pause to look at that, think of how many ways we just walk through life doing it the way we've always thought we should do it or the way it's been modeled or the way we were taught, but we're never referencing what's God's way on that thing. And so we have to recognize the scriptures teach us that God says, my ways are higher. I also love David's pursuit of the ways of God in Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5, where he says, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. And again, I think that's a prayer that we can have. Lord, make me know your ways as a husband, as a dad, as a as a leader, as a citizen, as a somebody who tries to serve, or or when we address our character, that I might be somebody who can walk in humility, walk out of servanthood, walk in obedience to God. Those are all big expressions of God's ways. Yeah, I think upon first reading of that verse in Isaiah, you know, it it's not God saying uh, from a position of pride, mm. right? My my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Like you're insignificant, mm-hmm. right? It's not a mm-hmm. condemnation. Yes, it is. It, it's it's an observational fact. Yeah, right. It's not it's not coming from a place of like oh you know you're not important. Just listen to me. Right. Exactly. And I think because he's a father. He wants us to know his ways. Like I, I think of a father taking a, a son or a daughter fishing, and he has his ways of doing that. He'll stop by the bait shop and pick up the bait, and then when he gets there, he makes sure the bait is here and the, the rod is here, and this is how you put it on so it stays on. And it's like the end result is they're going to catch a fish. But there's the ways that the father or grandfather goes about doing that, that is just as important as catching the fish. Matter of fact, if you don't do that, 
it's likely you're not going to catch a fish. So I think the the process is is coming from God's heart as a father and just saying, look, I know that your ways are going to not always work. My ways will. And I want to invite you into that with me. I remember a friend of ours who said to me, okay, Dave, uh, I'm going to get out my notebook Tell me all the ways of God. I'm just going to write <laughs> yes. it down, and yes. uh, and I, I I'll just follow them. So just give me the list. <laughs> yes. And you had a good chuckle about that. I did. Why? Why? Did. And, and it was awesome because she was literally so hungry, and she had a notebook in her hand, pen in her right hand, ready to write, and she was looking at me like list them. And um, you know, I teased her. And I said, you know, we'd be here way too long if we tried to do that. And I said, you know. God's ways are not meant to be a list of things to do. They actually come out of relationship with him where he wants to uh, walk alongside of us and uh, teach us those things. And um, But it, it's, for me, Sonia, it has been a journey. Um, you know, I, I think I can safely say the best that I can count, it's been 42 years for me since I began the journey of saying, I want to know God's ways. I, I want to walk in them. And I'm concerned because I just don't see a lot of people paying attention to that. It's kind of like, you know, again, the acts of God or the deeds of God. It's like the car, but the ways of God is God popping the hood and saying, I want you to understand my heart behind this. I want you to understand the reason and the attitude, the actions that all go with this. And um, dear Megan on that day, she was excited to learn, and she still is excited to learn God's ways. But we had a conversation about, um, here's here's a couple of them to get you started, because they take a while to not only rehearse and see where they're tethered in Scripture, but to live out. But I, I just, I've been so excited to see when people walk in God's ways what he will do with that in their lives. And so uh, I believe it's just a, it's more of a journey than a list. And um, it's something we can begin today. I think too, isn't it possible that different ways of God may come to us at different times um, or some would be more important based on our own wiring, right? Because yeah. of what we struggle with, yeah. uh, based on just the kind of personality we have yeah. or what areas are a struggle and what areas are not a struggle. Um, it seems to me that the ways of God also maybe are most evident when you are facing a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. What's your default mm-hmm. uh, when you do that? So tell me a little bit about, you know, not that we're going to make a list, but when people go, okay, what do you mean by the ways of God? Mm-hmm. Give me some examples. Mm-hmm. What what are the what are the ones that jump out at you that you feel like, okay, these are easy ones? Sure. So for example, I think many of us know the verse in scripture where it says, if you're going to be great in the kingdom, you've got to become the greatest servant. And one of the ways of God that we need to walk in is If you're a follower of Jesus, servanthood should be a natural part of that. Um, We live in a city here uh, where there's lots of music kinds of celebrities. And in walking alongside some of those people at times in spaces in their lives, we've chatted about that reality of, look, even though you're a celebrity, you're first a follower of Jesus. So that expression of God's ways needs to come through loud and clear of what it means for you to serve. So we'll have those kinds of conversations. I think another one um, that stands out to me is, we see this in James, where it says, God opposes the proud, 
but he gives grace to the humble. Like part of walking in God's ways is walking in humility. When you have people that are uptight with each other or there's broken relationship, the only way it gets mended is someone needs to take a step of humility and own something, be who they are um, in truth, that kind of thing. And then it's like the dam of grace breaks and it comes flooding into that and brings healing and restoration. So I think you're right. Sometimes it's wiring, sometimes it's season of life, sometimes it's circumstances that we're in. But I think if we keep our eyes open, the exciting thing is from the scriptures and living life, we begin to accumulate God's ways that become a normal part of our life. And the more that we walk in God's ways, I believe, again, going back to Exodus 34, the more of his presence we know, the more of him we know, the more of that peace we know in our life. Uh, One of the things that I think I learned when I was uh, following this concept is the concept of honor. Uh, You talked about that as one of the ways of God. How Mm. Can you think of an example of how God honors people, and as a result, we should honor people? And what do you mean by that? Mm. So I like a verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. By the way, you can always tell when it's the ways of God because it's tethered to the truth of Scripture. It's never just a good suggestion or even a great idea. It's always grounded in the Word. And so Romans 12, 10 says, outdo one another in showing honor. And when you look at what that means in the original language, that's what it means, is is as followers of Jesus, we are to honor one another above ourselves. And uh, honor has to do with value. And when we value something, we tend to honor it. And oftentimes we can honor things and possessions and positions and fame and finance more than we honor people. And the reality is the blood of Jesus has been shed For every single person that walks on this planet, therefore, they are worthy of being treated with honor. But we live in such a culture of dishonor that it's been modeled. I I, I watch children in the way that they quickly dishonor not only each other, but authority. There's this there's this quick run to dishonor, and it's the language of of you know ten twelve years ago when my kids were young when when someone said they were dissed if you remember that back in the day and it's it's short for dishonored, and we have a culture of dishonor and I believe one of the ways uh, that we can walk in that reflects God is the honoring of each individual. God shed His blood for all of us through his son. And the reality is each person is worthy to be treated with honor. Whether they know the Lord, they don't know the Lord, they're worthy to be treated with value. And we we live in a society where if someone doesn't agree with us, we write them off, we chuck them out the window, but there's definitely not a referencing point to, hey, this person's valuable. I just need to listen to what they have to say. And I think that's something we need to recover. But But that is another great expression of the ways of God. I think another one that we struggle with in our world today when everybody's trying to be known, to Mm. be the leader, Mm. um, to have a title, um, to be known as insightful, Mm -hmm. uh, to be known as wise, uh, is is the, the concept that is communicated in Luke of if you want to really live, you must first die to yourself. That is a way of God, and I think we struggle with what does that mean to die to ourself yeah. this day and age. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, oftentimes when I 
am talking with someone or if I'm teaching on this and dialoguing with people, I will find they think that means, I guess it doesn't mean I can eat chocolate cake anymore. It doesn't mean I can like watching a ball game or I can't enjoy my music. And dying to self doesn't mean not liking things that God made that we can enjoy. Dying to self is dying to selfishness. And it's a laying aside of me being first so that others can be served above me. And that is a a really key expression of the ways of God. Again, how God goes about doing something, and he modeled it for us. One of the things about the ways of God that I, I delight in is God's always gone ahead of us doing it. So Jesus came, lived his life, laid it down for us, and so it's the way to, we're to walk. And so he has modeled it for us. And it, I'm not sitting here saying today that's easy, but it's choices that we make to get our eyes off of ourselves first and to be, um, if we want to use the word sacrificial, servant-hearted to meeting someone else's need. And the thing that's awesome to me is whenever we get our eyes on someone else, it lets God take care of us. It's how he works. It's the ways of God. And it's so opposite of the world. We'll just take care of, of me. When we get our eyes off of that, we serve, we lay down our lives for others. God steps in and does wonderful things for us. Yeah, I think we struggle with, I don't want to be a doormat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, someone's going to take advantage of me. I'm going to look weak right. or meek right. uh, in that person's eyes. And that's not what I want to be. I want to be bold. I want to have my truth. Yeah. I want to express it. Uh, and so that does seem extremely countercultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the phrases that that brings to mind is ministering in the op- opposite spirit, mm. right? And I remember a really viral video that went around of how do you handle when someone is is attacking you? Not not physically, but but emotionally, verbally. Mm-hmm. And um, do you just try to one up them? Right, like that's the 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 ways of the world is who can burn the other yes. person more, <laughs> yes. right? Uh-huh. Um, by being quick with the quip, quick with the the dissing, the, yes. the, the, the yes. dishonoring. Yeah. Um, that is the way of the world. What to you does ministering in the opposite spirit mean, and what is the result of that? Yeah, that's a great question. I and I remember uh, I was about twenty years old. I was a missionary with Youth of the Mission. And um, Lauren Cunningham, who's the founder of, of YWAM, um, at a staff meeting one day, just shared the insight he'd had on that because there were people who were um, saying things about him or the mission or whatever the case may be. And he was asking, Lord, how do I respond to this? Do I just get in and duke it out? Or what do you do? Especially when you, when you feel like uh, truth is being challenged or we can have the emotion of being offended. And I remember him sharing that the Lord had taught him out of Proverbs where it talks about a soft answer turns away wrath. And the Lord um, built on that in his heart of, of, okay, so if I minister in the opposite, so if someone comes at you and they're very proud and you choose humility, or someone comes af- at, at you and you're they're very bossy and you serve them. I mean, we could go on and on on what are the opposites, but there's something that allows the Spirit of God to move through your life when you still walk in God's ways when others are not. And it can begin to counter things. And I've watched that happen over the years uh, if I put my pastor hat on. And I'm, I'm having somebody just unload on me, and I have learned over the years that when it's louder or more intense than it should be, 
um, of where our relationship is or what the circumstance was, I always know that means it's um, there's something bigger going on than just our situation. And there's been times that I've had to kind of duck on the inside and not take the arrows that are coming from their mouths. And I realize I just need to listen and and not respond, but just keep listening sincerely. And as I do that, when they're done, usually, you know, veins bulging, you know, uh, in, in their necks as they're yelling and upset. And then I just, when they're done, I just put my hand gently on the shoulder and, and I say, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. And then they just break and weep. And that's, I had to wait for that moment to let them air it out. They just needed to be heard and they were hurt. But then I could minister back in the opposite spirit and instead care and love them. And sometimes it just took a tender touch and a listen. And then, but all of a sudden they're walking away. Thank you so much. I needed that breakthrough in my life. Well, I realized in that moment, okay, this isn't about me. I don't need to take these arrows. I don't need to, you know, get the um, shield out and have them go bounce back on them. I just need to wait here and then minister in the opposite spirit. And again, Sonia, just think about if people understood the ways of God in that, how many conversations would be different than the conflict that we have today? Obviously, the greatest example of that is Jesus. Yes. Right? Um, I think about everything from healing the man in the the garden Mm -hmm. when they came to Mm -hmm. take him away. Yes. Right? Showing that... um, that compassion, yes. Even though this was a person who came to do him harm, mm-hmm. uh, I think of Jesus taking all these accusations and not saying a word. Mm-hmm. I could never do that. Yeah. I, I, I guess I could do that, you know, through the grace of God if I was empowered. But that concept of in, injustice, mm-hmm. I think, rules a lot in this world because we feel like we're right. That's right. Right. Um, Jesus was right. He wasn't trying to challenge, you know, authority. He wasn't trying to break the law, um, but he stayed silent. Mm-hmm. Th- that is obviously ministering in the opposite spirit yeah. when you have all these accusations flying and they are wrong. Right, right. And I think the other thing there too is, you know, you, you deal with another aspect here about the ways of God related to our lives is he was secure in who he was. I like in John 13, where before he washes their feet, it says he knew where he came from, where he was going, and it communicates that he knew who he was. And again, one of the great challenges in our world today is people don't recognize who they are in Christ, if we use that language that Paul uses a lot in his writings, the value that we have before God, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Then what happens is is everything becomes personal. And with Jesus, he was able to stand there, the crowds beginning to chant, you know, Barabbas and all the things going around surrounding that, but being secure and knowing who he was, knowing that the Father was with him. He was walking in God's ways, so his God's presence was with him. He had peace in the midst of it. And um, and I think that's that's also another layer of this is recognizing if we don't understand who we are in the Lord. I don't mean like we're king's kids, therefore this. I I just mean I'm a son. You're a daughter. He deeply loves us and he's got us. And so part of that is learning to trust him fully. And that's an incredible picture uh, for me of Jesus fully trusting the Father, walking in the ways that that God had taught him as a father. And uh, But yeah, it's, it's quite a scene. 
Well, we're going to be talking a lot more in depth about these topics. And the reason we started with this is because we want you to understand the title of this podcast, because we believe this is the way we unlock God's wisdom. That's the wisdom we need to be chasing after. So we wanted to start with defining the ways of God for you. And now we're going to take little pieces of that and dig down a little deeper to help you understand which what each of these mean, um, where they are based in scripture, what might be some of the misinterpretations or misunderstandings related to the ways of God. Because again, this is counterculture. This is not the way mm-hmm. we are taught mm-hmm. uh, about some of these words that are being used, whether it's obedience, whether it's fear of the Lord. Uh, and we see the world trying to mimic some mm. of these things, mm-hmm. but getting it wrong. Yes. So that's what we're going to be doing in this podcast going forward. And we hope that you'll continue to listen, to subscribe to this podcast, and get excited about digging down deeper into what the ways of God are. So thank you so much for joining us. Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God is a production of LionShare, a ministry that ignites and provides resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you, please visit lionshare.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Vimeo, and YouTube.